Hey, yo, what's happening, everybody? This is Austin coming back at you with another episode of the Coffee Break Hems podcast. I apologize to those of you that listen every two weeks. I missed last week's episode due to a vacation, and so um, I will actually be releasing one today and then another episode next week to get us back on track for the every two-week kind of timeline that we do. So today what we are going to be talking about is pressure control ventilation. So when you're mechanically ventilating somebody or you're ventilating somebody who's intubated, you're going to be placing somebody on the vent and we're going to talk about delivering pressure instead of delivering volume. This topic was sparked because I've had several crew members over the past week or so um, at one of my local bases ask me, like how do you transition from volume to pressure and just really like what is pressure control ventilation and so that's what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes here so first things first what is pressure control ventilation well in order to understand pressure control let's first talk about volume which is the most common type of breath that you deliver through the ventilator you would place somebody on assist control volume it's probably the most widely used form of ventilation on the planet and what it means is that you are giving somebody a certain amount of volume you know 16 times a minute or whatever you set their respiratory rate to and so let's say for my tidal volume in this particular patient i'm going to set a tidal volume of 400 milliliters because they're like five foot five and i am going to give them a breath over one second so i have an inspiratory time of one second so what that means with a volume breath is that i am going to give that person 400 milliliters of volume over one second it doesn't matter how much resistance there is inside of that tube it doesn't matter how big or how small those lungs are i'm gonna give those 400 milliliters over one second the nice thing is is i know exactly how much volume is going in and coming out of the body the bad thing is is that i could be putting so much pressure into their lungs that i could be hurting them right a 400 milliliter tidal volume for me would be totally fine but a 400 milliliter tidal volume for a two-month-old would not be fine, right? But on volume ventilation, the principle is that it doesn't really matter how much pressure you're putting into the circuit. It's going to give you the volume that you desire. There are obviously some like upper limits and some pop-off valves and safety valves and things like that built into the ventilator, but that doesn't matter. We're just saying in principle, that's what volume ventilation is. On the flip side of that coin, pressure control ventilation means that we are going to have somebody who has whatever peep, you know, eight of peep in their, um, uh, in the circuit and they are breathing out, breathing out, breathing out. And then they reach eight centimeters of water pressure inside of their lungs. And so they stop breathing out. And then as soon as it starts breathing in for them again, we're going to just tell the ventilator, Hey, I want you to put, 20 centimeters of water pressure into their lungs while you are making them breathe in and whatever volume they get is the volume that they get now obviously there's a ton of ways for us to be able to see how much volume they're getting but really that's the big difference is that with volume you say how much volume you want and it's going to take however much pressure it takes when you're doing a pressure controlled ventilation, you're just putting a certain amount of pressure in the circuit, be it 10 or 15 or 20 centimeters of water pressure into that circuit to cause them to take that breath in and whatever volume they get is the volume that they get. 
Now, obviously, anytime we're doing pressure controlled ventilation, we have a goal that we are trying to reach for their volume. So very simply, if we just started somebody on 15 centimeters of water pressure and they breathe in and we're looking to get a total volume of about 500 and at 15 centimeters of water pressure, we see, oh, their exhaled tidal volumes are about 400. All we're going to do is go up by about one or two centimeters of water pressure up to 16 or 17 and let them take another few breaths and now we see that their exhaled tidal volumes are 475 and i'm like all right i'm going to go up by one more centimeter of water pressure up to 18 and now i see that his exhaled tidal volumes are like 505 and so we have now gotten the tidal volume that we're looking for, but we are delivering it through a pressure delivered type of breath. And some of you are probably thinking like, what in the hell is the point of doing pressure control ventilation if there's a guessing game involved? So let's talk about what the benefits of pressure controlled ventilation are. First things first, it is going to improve your lung compliance over a very short period of time because of the way that the breath is delivered. And I'll explain the way that the breath is delivered here in a few minutes. Typically, it's also going to improve your oxygenation because it's going to improve your recruitment um, as soon as you switch to pressure. And then third, oftentimes patients, especially lightly sedated patients, will say that pressure-controlled modes of ventilation are way more comfortable for them than volume modes of ventilation. And I can absolutely attest to that because I've seen uh, numerous patients that I've ventilated in the past where they seemed very uncomfortable and they were very hard to sedate. You know, I took them off of like a Hamilton C-series in the hospital and placed them on my ventilator and all of a sudden they became very uncomfortable on assist control volume and we'll switch over to pressure and then they go right back to sleep and they're super easy to sedate. So um, oftentimes it's a lot more comfortable. What are the drawbacks of pressure control ventilation? The drawbacks are pretty obvious, right? You can have somebody who um, uh, you put a certain amount of pressure into their circuit, let's say 10 or 15 or something like that, and you're getting great tidal volumes, you're getting exactly what you want, you're getting that eight milliliters per kilo of their um, ideal body weight as the tidal volume but your, um, your partner not really thinking about it, um, you know, is securing them to your guys's gurney and then all of a sudden uh, straps that five point harness down super tight over the chest so that way the patient is really secure. But now all of a sudden it is much less easy to increase the size of that chest and your tidal volumes now get cut in half because remember that there's no guarantee for the tidal volume that you're gonna get if you're in pressure controlled modes of ventilation. So the biggest drawback is that unless you're watching that ventilator, if they have a significant reduction in their compliance or they have a significant increase in their resistance, then your tidal volume is going to go way down and you're going to start to see those CO2s coming up. You may even start to see oxygen saturations falling, um, uh, just a bunch of not goodness. And so the biggest drawback to pressure controlled modes of ventilation is that if your patient is in a really dynamic environment like flight, um, you definitely need to be watching that ventilator pretty frequently to make sure that the tidal volume is not dropping for any reason. 
All right, so that's what pressure-controlled ventilation is, and those are some benefits and drawbacks to it. The biggest question I get from crew members is that they have a patient on volume-controlled ventilation, and for some reason they want to switch over to pressure because they have like a low-ish compliance, their static compliance is like 45, um, or they've got some oxygen problems, or they really just, the patient's not being very nice to them on volume, so they want to switch to pressure. Um, so how do you switch from volume to pressure without accidentally over or under ventilating the lungs um, uh, during those initial phases. And it's pretty simple. Um, and really, in order to understand it, we're going to talk about volume for just one sec again and talk about the pressures that you're putting into the circuit when you're in like volume control, like assist, assist control volume. So the first pressure that we're talking about, um, the low pressure, that's going to be your PEEP, right? So as you're giving a volume breath, you have a PEEP. Let's say we have a PEEP of 8, and we've set that total volume to 400. Um, so we have our PEEP of 8. That's the lowest pressure. And then as the ventilator starts to breathe in during that volume-delivered breath, it is slowly going to be ticking in volume over the course of a second. And then right at like the end of that inspiratory phase, right at the end of that one-second period, period of time, your lungs get to that 400 milliliter mark, and then you start to breathe out again. So the really the two pressures that you have inside the lungs when you are volume ventilating a patient is that you've got the PEEP, and then you have whatever pressure it takes to put that volume into their lungs. In order to see if you're hurting the patient, you then measure uh, the pressure that the alveoli are seeing during a breath. And most of you know that that's something called a plateau pressure. So um, you basically make them hold their peak pressure inside of their lungs for a period of time during that inspiratory phase. And all of that pressure kind of equilibrates around the lungs. And then they um, uh, it shows you a number, what their plateau pressure is, which is also um, commonly referred to as their alveolar pressure. And ideally, we want that pressure to be below 30, but let's just think about that. So what the plateau pressure really is, is it's the PEEP plus all the other pressure that's put into that circuit during the inspiratory phase. And so if you're thinking about a pressure-controlled mode of ventilation, all we have to do is we set a PEEP and then we need to give them a certain amount of pressure that is going to give them the volume that we're desiring. And if we're starting off in a volume mode of ventilation, we kind of already know what pressures we're looking for because all you have to do is have them in volume, check your plateau pressure, and then in order to switch them over to pressure control, you just have to take your plateau pressure and then minus out your PEEP because what that is is the amount of pressure that was left over during that inspiratory phase outside of your PEEP. And so the number that you now have if you take your plateau pressure and you minus out your PEEP is you have your pressure control. You have the amount of pressure that it's going to take to give that same exact amount of volume in that same exact amount of time. Um, so when you switch to pressure, um, uh, if you, as long as you do that plateau pressure minus your PEEP and then you put that number as your pressure control, then you should have the same pressures in the circuit, meaning that you should have a very similar tidal 
total volume in the circuit. So let's put some numbers in there so it makes a little bit of sense. So um, for example, if you are ventilating me right now at 511, I have that ideal body weight of about 70-ish kilograms. And so we would be looking for tidal volumes about 560 or so. And so um, the person ventilating me is going to have me on a PEEP of eight, and they have me on a cis control volume with a tidal volume of 560, and they're giving me some breaths, and they go ahead and check a plateau pressure, and my plateau pressure comes back at 18. And so what that means is that I have a PEEP of eight, and then as it's putting in that 560 milliliters of tidal volume, it only actually is taking about an additional 10 centimeters of water pressure over the top of my PEEP in order for my lungs to fill. And so that's why my plateau pressure came back at 18. If I was uncomfortable because of the way that um, the breaths are being delivered in that volume control, somebody would just have to dial in a pressure control of 10 and then switch me over to assist control pressure instead of assist control volume and and now I would be getting assist control pressure or pressure delivered modes of, uh, or excuse me, pressure delivered breaths. And I should have a very similar tidal volume because I'm still getting all the same pressures in the circuit um, uh, over the same amount of time. And so I should be getting very similar tidal volumes. There's only one problem though, and that is, is that volume breaths and pressure breaths are delivered very differently. So if you have somebody on a ventilator and you have them on a, excuse me, on a volume mode of ventilation, you will see that the balloon is empty and then it gets fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller. And then immediately at the end of that one second inspiratory time, it gets smaller because you are starting to exit. And so it's kind of this um, as you are delivering that breath, it's, it's um, a kind of continuous ramp of flow. On the other hand, when you are doing a pressure delivered breath, the lungs fill way faster. So it's kind of this like Right, so it's it's not this increasing flow or anything like that. The lungs fill up very quickly in like 0.4 seconds. The lungs are totally full, and then they kind of get locked in that inspiratory phase for another 0.6 seconds or so, and then they're allowed to exhale for a total inspiratory time of about a second. But in volume, the lungs were empty, and then they're a little bit fuller, a little bit fuller, a little bit fuller, a little bit fuller, and then they breathe out after a second. Whereas in pressure, they are just like full and then it gets held in that full position for about another half a second or 0.6 seconds and then they're allowed to breathe out. As you can imagine, this is going to very quickly lead to our lungs recruiting a ton more area because the inspiratory phase creates recruitment. PEEP maintains recruitment, right? So if you have somebody who is now on assist control pressure and they have a pressure control of 10 and a peep of eight, um, uh, you're going to very quickly start to recruit more lungs. So after five or six, seven, 10, 
breaths on this pressure controlled modes of ventilation, all of a sudden you're looking at me and my exhaled tidal volumes are no longer 560. They're 650 and 700. And you're like, what in the heck? Like I'm keeping the same pressures inside of the circuit. Why are my tidal volumes getting so much bigger? And the reason is because pressure controlled modes of ventilation improve recruitment and improve compliance. And so you're going to end up getting bigger tidal volumes oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes over that first minute, two minutes, three minutes of ventilating somebody because of the way that the two different breaths are delivered, right? That volume is a very slow ramp until it's completely full right before you breathe out and pressure, your lungs are basically full almost immediately on the first 0.2 to 0.4 seconds and then it gets held like that until you are ready to breathe out. So if you're switching from volume to pressure, this is how I do it, is that you measure the plateau pressure, you take your plateau pressure and minus your PEEP, and you get your pressure control, just like I had explained a few minutes ago. However, after you switch them to pressure, I'm going to start watching their exhaled tidal volumes, and as their exhaled tidal volumes start to become bigger, I will reduce the pressure control by one absolutely no more than two centimeters of water pressure at a time until I'm still getting those same types of exhaled volumes. The reason that it's not a, um, a hurry up procedure or anything like that is because a patient who has one or two large breaths is not going to have any real consequence for their mortality. You know that you're giving them a same or a very safe amount of pressure in that circuit. So the volumes are not going to be as big of a deal in that moment. Um, in the long term, they would absolutely contribute to like a higher mortality if you were continuously giving somebody 12 milliliters per kilogram or something like that. So um, we are going to reduce those pressures in order to get those nice safe volumes of six to eight milliliters per kilogram, but it's not something that you're, um, you should be freaking out about. If you switch them over to pressure and you see that their volumes are now 800 for two breaths, you don't need to immediately freak out and switch them back to volume. You just need to reduce that pressure control a little bit until you're getting the volumes that you want again. I would much rather over inflate for one or two breaths than not ventilate them at all for one or two breaths because I'm under inflating. So hope that made sense to everybody. Um, this one was a little bit of a quicker one. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, um, please feel free to reach out at kaiserCPR gmail.com and I will see you guys in a few weeks.